0: In today's spectral podcast, we discuss whether you can detect pericardial effusion and cardiac tamponade on chest radiographs in veterinary medicine. How do you identify pericardial effusion and cardiac tamponade in your canine patients? Do you rely on physical exam findings, radiographs, ultrasound, or echocardiogram? A combination of these? While the classic radiographic findings associated with pericardial effusion include a globoid appearance to the heart and generalized cardiomegaly, the specificity and sensitivity of these findings has not been investigated in veterinary patients. So Cote and all, out of Angel Memorial Animal Hospital, Atlantic Veterinary College and the University of Pretoria wanted to evaluate this in a study called Thoracic Radiographic Findings for Dogs with Cardiac Tamponade Attributable to Pericardial Effusion. In this study, they retrospectively evaluated 50 cases of pericardial effusion and cardiac tamponade and compared them to 23 controlled dogs that were healthy or had other cardiac disease, i.e. no pericardial effusion or cardiac tamponade. So, what do they find? When assessing vertebral heart score, or what we'll call VHS from now on, 78% of the dogs with pericardial effusion and cardiac tamponade had a VHS greater than 10.7, while only 52% of the controls had a VHS greater than or equal to 10.7. 58% of the dogs with pericardial effusion and cardiac tamponade had a globoid appearance to the cardiac silhouette compared to 40% of the control dogs, these results were not significantly different. Some dogs, 7 cases, and 3 controls were excluded from this part of the analysis because the results were equivocal. Convexity of the dorsal-caudal aspect of the cardiac silhouette on lateral thoracic radiographic images was not specifically different between groups. Having a VHS of greater than or equal to 10.7 was the most sensitive and specific for cardiac tamponade and pericardial effusion, 77.6% and almost 48% respectively, followed by the appearance of a globoid heart, 42% and 40% respectively, and convexity of the dorsal lateral aspect of the cardiac silhouette, 57% and 35% respectively. Even when all three variables were used in combination, sensitivity was only 66.7%. So, what can we take away from this VetGirl podcast? Unfortunately, none of the radiographic variables evaluated had a high sensitivity for identifying pericardial effusion and cardiac tamponade in dogs, even when they were used in combination. The specificity of the variables was also poor. The authors hypothesize that some of the reasons for the poor discerning ability of these variables might be due to the chronicity of pericardial effusion. Acute pericardial effusion might be less likely to cause stretching of the pericardium, and the capacity of the pericardium to stretch might be variable among dogs. While radiographic findings, such as generalized cardiomegaly and a globoid heart, are classically described for dogs with pericardial effusion and cardiac tamponade, This study found that these characteristics are not very sensitive or specific. The classic radiographic findings that we associate with pericardial effusion and cardiac tamponade aren't actually that sensitive or specific. That said, some limitations of this study are that it was retrospective and a rather small study, so further research, ideally prospective, would be ideal to confirm these findings. One pro of this study is that all the cases had confirmed pericardial effusion and cardiac tamponade, which has not been the case in some previous studies. Regardless, it looks like we shouldn't rely on just chest radiographs to determine if our patients have pericardial effusion and cardiac tamponade. Ideally, add in a TFAST to help improve your diagnostic capacity and detection of pericardial effusion. After all, it's important to remember to combine the results of all your diagnostic tests, including a thorough physical exam, in making a diagnosis of pericardial effusion, and cardiac tamponade.